You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hi, friends. Well, cannot believe I'm sitting down to record this podcast. Life is fucking nuts sometimes, and um, here we are. So I'm going to do this straight through without interruption. So before I get into what is a very interesting process in my mind and sharing it with you, I do want to tell you about a few things. The first thing is I want to tell you about our sponsor today, Organifi. So I have been talking about Organifi a ton. They are one of my favorite companies I think I've ever had the opportunity to work with because they really just understand nourishment on a cellular level and making wellness a lot simpler. It's not about making it complex or something that we can't do. And I think so often we have these long to-do lists of the million things that we have to do to feel good. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of trying to feel good all the time. I want it to be more effortless and more in flow. And I have added Organifi to my morning flow and sometimes my afternoon flow and sometimes my evening flow. But as I have come off of caffeine and really worked to calm my nervous system and let go of a lot of anxiety and the jitters that coffee and caffeine were specifically giving me, I turned to the different gold blends that Organifi has. And so I am a mixer because I think they taste really good together. So I blend either the chocolate gold with the regular gold or the pumpkin spice. And let me tell you, it tastes so good. I add in coconut butter and hot water and I blend it. And if you guys watch my stories, I show you almost every morning what I'm up to, how I'm drinking it, whether it's a dance party or a slow morning on the couch with the pups or, you know, whatever that looks like. I make sure that I get all my superfoods. They help with deep sleep and recovery, helped me wean off of caffeine and still have that morning routine. Um, I love that there's turmeric and mushrooms and lemon balm and ginger. So it tastes really good. And they also have incredible green juice and red juice, which really helps uh, with so many things, beating the crash, increasing blood flow, getting all those greens. I, I do not juice. I have celery in my fridge and I still haven't juiced it a week later. And I feel really guilty about it. And so that I know that if I have the green, then I am all set and I don't need to stress and buy celery and let it go to waste. It's not okay. So I would love for you guys to try out Organifi and let me know what you think. We've had so many listeners sending me videos of them blending it and all the things they love. And that's my favorite part. It makes me feel like I'm spending my mornings with you. So if you go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use the code Kelly T, you'll get 15% off your entire order and enjoy, enjoy that frothy goodness. Um, the second thing I wanted to let you guys know is my program, The Practice Duos, is open. There are six spots available. I will be closing enrollment in just a couple weeks. Uh, we begin in November, and this is really an opportunity to dive deeper into what I am not calling the work anymore. I am calling it the practice. It is the daily practice 
choice, surrender, flow, and practice of being, of allowing, because the work makes it seem like we need to check another box off, like we need to put in effort and it makes it feel difficult. And I don't want growth and development to be another thing we put on our checklist or to-do list. I want it to be something that we really just kind of melt into and allow, even when it's really hard, like what I'm going to talk about today. It still doesn't need to look like work. It can be allowance and surrender in the tears, in the pain, in the sadness, in the struggle. Right. And so by spending time with me and your duo's partner in a very intimate setting, you'll not only learn from each other, I will be facilitating, asking the questions, giving feedback. It really feels like one on one uh, environment. You just have a partner you're doing it with. So it costs less money and you get to learn from one another. And there is a sisterhood and a circle experience that you don't get in the one-on-one work uh, practice. I'm still getting rid of that word in my vocabulary. So I would love to have you. If you head over to kellytenant.com slash duos, D-U-O-S, you can see the entire list of things that we'll be doing together get all of your questions asked, and then you can book a call with me, free 30-minute call, and we will talk about whether or not this is a good fit for you. And if you want to do it with a friend, I would love to have you and a friend of yours join. I think that would be really special for you all to do that together. So kellytenon.com slash duos. And lastly, I want to tell you guys about my incredible friend, Jessica Zweig. She hosts the podcast Simply Be and Wow. When you think about a woman who does it all, who really immerses herself in the culture of her company, in supporting other people's voices and understanding who they really are, their authentic self, their storytelling in such a genuine, beautiful way, Jess does it. And I am constantly impressed by her in the way she navigates difficult things, hard conversations. We are actually partners now in business and Just being able to support her in helping more people find their truth and their honesty and let that trickle over into their business, whatever that looks like, is such a beautiful experience. And I'm so grateful to be witnessing that. So if you have not listened to Simply Be with Jess yet, go into the show notes, click on her show, go over there and listen right now. She has some of the most incredible guests. She is just killing the game of podcasting, such beautiful conversations around spirituality and growth and business development and and sisterhood and everything that comes with those sometimes layered and difficult topics. So head over to the show notes, listen to Simply Be, leave her a five-star rating and review and send Jess some love. Okay. Logistics over. (laughs) I was going to do this a few days ago and I just kept being like, I don't want to talk about it. Um, so as most of you probably know from watching my Instagram, um, we lost our puppy Remy tragically and suddenly about two weeks ago. And I'm sure many people are going to ask what happened. I've had people asking, so I'll just kind of get that out of the way now. Um, He was with some other folks and um, jumped out the window of the car and was hit by the car. 
And you can imagine what it was like when they knocked on our door and just looked at us and said, we have bad news. And what ensued following that was out of a movie, a horror film, an out-of-body experience, something in which, one, I never wish on anyone, and two, it just never felt real. It still kind of doesn't feel real. And I'm grappling with that um, because when something tragic and sudden happens, it's like you start your day in one life and end it in another. And you just keep wondering how the fuck you got there. Like, at what point did this turn? And, you know, I lost my mom a couple months ago and she had colon cancer and I talked about that in an episode. I've talked about it multiple times in different ways. Losing her was something I could accept because she was older. She was 61. Not that she wasn't, she wasn't old, but she was older. Remy was nine months old. Um, she had lived such a full life, had done so many things. Um, I felt like I got so many experiences with her and it made more sense. I was able to accept it. This, because Remy was only nine months old, because it was tragic, because he was just playing and being excited as he always was. Um, it's just not something that you anticipate. And so having the tools and the resources to work through it, uh, navigate it, they're pretty few and far between. And I just kept thinking of all these parents who have kids with cancer or some sort of illness or, or lose them suddenly, whether, you know, it's SIDS or something crazy happens. I mean, I'm sure the stories are endless. And I just kept thinking about these parents and I never understood what they went through. Not that I'm comparing my dog to someone's child, but he was and is my child. Like I don't have human babies. I treat my dogs very much like humans because when I look at them, their expressions and how they respond and I know they understand me. I treat them like humans. And so I felt and I still feel like I lost my child. And if you don't have pets, you may be thinking like, Kelly, no. But the resounding amount of responses I got was from people who have pets or had pets. And they're like, it feels like you lost a human child. Even though we only had him for about seven and a half months. Remy changed my life. Remy changed me as a person in so many ways. And losing him is the hardest thing I have ever been through. 
so much harder than anything else. When we first found out, Connor and I just crumbled to the ground and could not stop crying and just screaming, no, no. And I feel like I blacked out. I started like handling logistics. I don't even know like how I came to to figure shit out. And for the next week, Connor and I were in such a fog and a haze, unable to function. I am grateful because he remembered to make us drink water. I just remember drinking a lot of water for about a week and a half, constantly being handed water. and. I felt like nothing mattered. I went to a really dark place. It's very hard to talk about this, but I feel like it's important. I was suicidal in seventh grade. So I ended up skipping seventh grade because I needed a change of environment. I didn't feel like I fit in. Things were really hard for me at that time in my life. And I would just come home crying every day. And then I skipped the grade and things got better. And then when I was in college and I got sick and I was basically bedridden and I had to quit the volleyball team, I was suicidal again. And that was a really scary time. I never really thought about doing anything. It was just like this idea of, wow, life is really hard. And I, I wish that I wasn't here because this is really hard to handle. After Remy died, the three days after, I seriously was thinking it would be better to be gone and be with him than to be here and experience this pain because I don't know that I'm going to be able to survive it. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to survive watching Connor in this kind of pain. And that was scary. That was incredibly scary because my little dude was gone. And though I have so much to live for, I just kept wondering, like, am I going to get through this? Watching your partner be destroyed like that is one of the most horrific things that you could ever witness. And I just kept replaying, like, him getting hit by the car. I couldn't get that visual out of my head. I felt so much guilt for letting him go. <laughs> it's crazy because like in all my surrender and allowance and letting go of control, that was one of the things to let him go do this and go run around and be in the mountains. And he was a German wire hair pointer and needed activity. And so I really wanted to provide that for him. 
and to go and play with other dogs. And oh my God, it was his favorite thing. They would come and pick him up and he would lose his fucking mind, like so excited. And so as a mom, as a dog mom, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And letting Connor, not letting him, but supporting him and going out and hunting and being in the middle of the forest for days on end without service, with just like an in-reach phone as part of me letting go of control and knowing this is something that's really important to him and I want him to do it, regardless of my stress levels and feeling like something could happen. And it was crazy that in this letting go, my worst case scenario happened. And I never thought about it. I never thought, oh, well, something horrible could happen to him when he's, you know, off doing his thing and being watched. And it happened. And I I talk a lot about, you know, we create stories and fear around potential possibilities of things. And we live in the what if, okay, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And then that, I have to look out for that and I have to prepare for that. And I didn't do that with this, which I was really proud of myself for. And the worst case scenario happened. He died. He died and I wasn't there to protect him or save him or at least hold him. And that's really hard. And so I just kept thinking, I shouldn't be here. Like, I should just go be with him. I got really high for a couple weeks. And I was drinking a lot of wine. And even last night, I hadn't had... I hadn't had a drink in a few days and because I was trying to be really mindful of like, how am I processing this? You know, I tell everyone else, feel the feelings, don't numb out, which I was doing. But then nighttime would come and I would be exhausted from feeling the feelings and living in the new reality that I was in. I was like, I just, I can't. (laughs) And so I would be smoking a ton and then I would have a couple glasses of wine and I would finally feel some relief. And so last night I, I was home and smoked. And then I was like, oh, I just want a couple of glasses of wine. And I kept being like, you don't need that. Like you have turned a corner over the last few days, which I will tell you all about in a second. But you have turned a corner. You don't need to numb out like that. Like you're good right now. Your edge is already taken off. You don't need to add to that yet. I still chose to have a couple glasses of wine. And I've been really upset with myself this morning about it because I knew better. I knew that I didn't need it and I still chose it. And so I've been in this place of, well, why did I choose that? And as this all happened, especially when I was feeling like I want to die and I don't want to live and be here. I saw these options and I almost saw my future self in the different options play out. 
I saw myself dying and being with Remy and what that would look like to Connor and to Dutch and my family of friends, of course, but like specifically in my little bubble that I'm in right now, that's the only thing I care about, Connor and Dutch, right? And so I see the kind of pain that creates. I'm like, okay, well, that's not an option. Okay, well, what about this one that's full of drugs and alcohol? I could probably still function, but numb out so that I don't have to live with this. And I watched that version of me play out. That version of me who is not authentic or genuine when I'm teaching, who is constantly in a fog, who wakes up and takes an aspirin every morning because she has a headache and a hangover, who feels puffy, who's not working out, who's not running her company right, like who's not the woman she set out to be, but because this is so painful, chose to numb it. I saw that play out. And then I watched the version of me who, I mean, it's the choice I made and why I'm here today doing this episode. I chose to feel it all, to give myself a break, whether that's smoking some weed, having some wine, being mindful of it, and asking for help. And that is the route I chose. Because I couldn't, I have a tiny puppy at my feet right now, one that I am very excited to talk about in a little bit. I couldn't do the other things because they were out of integrity for me. They were not in alignment for the life that I choose. And if I give in and if I let this be the thing that takes me down, what will Remy's life have meant? What will he have taught me? Because what he taught me was to have fun and be wild and be carefree and to not worry. And if I didn't continue that for him, then what was the point? And if I didn't take this as the teacher and the guide and the facilitator I know I am and use this to help other people in an honest way, then what was the point? And so the last week I have been in therapy. I have been on the phone with friends and my family. And I have been talking to Emily the Medium. And I spoke with a pet intuitive. And I have been journaling and I have been sobbing, just uncontrollably sobbing. And I have been praying and asking for guidance and showing up honestly. 
I'm not even going to say the best way I know how, because that's not even what it's about. Right. I've been just showing up. Honestly, when someone asks me if I'm okay, I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I, (laughs) I forgot this until right now. It was like two days, I think after. And I went to this coffee shop and I walked up to order and the, the poor fucking barista he starts like trying to have a conversation with me because he notices I'm tall and is like trying to be cute and like, I don't know, maybe flirty, whatever. And it was like very sweet, but I was not having it. And I just remember him saying something about, did you play volleyball? And I said, yeah. And he's like, do you still? And I said, no. And he was like, oh, why not? And I'm just like, bro, I'm giving him one word answers. I'm holding back tears. I can barely, I think I'm still in pajamas. I like, don't give a fuck about life at all. And I finally, um, I finally look at him and he goes, I'm sorry. Did you not want to talk about this? And I just start bawling at the counter and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm going through something really hard. And he just looks at me and he's like, I'm so sorry. I want to hug you right now. I don't even know what's going on. I'm so sorry. And I'm just like in this coffee shop sobbing. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like who fucking cares? This sucks. Life sucks. And this is where I am right now. This is where I am. And I kept thinking If I can allow myself to go there now to really feel this, then down the line, I will be in a much better place than if I drink and smoke my life away and pretend like it either didn't happen or ignore it or numb it out or just not feel, right? So somehow within all of this, I like had the wherewithal to be making those decisions. The interesting thing too that I went through was the first week after he died, I was telling God to go fuck his fucking self all the fucking way to hell. That was the dialogue. I was verbally saying that. I was texting that to people. I was thinking it. I was like, there is no God because God wouldn't do this and take away a nine-month-old baby. Um, spirituality is fucking bullshit. If anyone tells me anything spiritual right now, I'm going to fucking punch them in the face. Don't give me perspective. Don't give me like, oh, he's your guide on the other side. Like you'll, you're with him still. Like he's not gone. I was like, you can fucking suck it. I don't care. Like I'm not spiritual anymore. I'm ready to give up it all. Like all my teaching, everything I believe in, don't believe it. It's fucking bullshit. I was there for about a week. God and I were in a really big fight because I could not believe that he would do this to me, to Remy, to Connor. Like, how dare you? And what possible reason could you have to do this? What necessary lesson is in this for us? 
Like, what did Remy do to deserve that? And then I finally talked to my dear friend, Katie Carter, who does human design. But beyond that, she's one of the most woke, connected, kind, beautiful, generous angels on earth there ever were. I respect her and I adore her. And we had a conversation. We were voice texting back and forth. And I told her, I'm like, I hate God. And she's like, can I just share to you what's coming forward for me right now? And I'm like, fine. Like, I'll listen because I love you and you're one of my dearest friends. But like, nah. And she sends me these voice notes. And all of a sudden, like I shifted. Like I felt, I text her this too. I said, I feel my energy shifting as I'm listening to you and as I'm reading your text messages. And I had never felt that before to go from one extreme to the other so quickly because it was like she was helping me make sense of the chaos and the anger. And I honestly don't even remember what she said at this point, but it didn't matter because it brought me back to center because I was so out of my body. I was so disconnected. I was so pissed and sad and angry, which understandably so, right? I'm grieving. You're supposed to go through the fucking steps or whatever. I don't even know how many steps there are to grief, but I'm pretty sure I've done them all in just a couple weeks. She helped me get back to my center, my truth, and my guiding force. And I think part of me, no, I know a huge part of me did not want to be spiritual or be connected because that meant I had to admit that he was gone and was with me from the other side. And I did not want to admit that because that would break me. Because in some weird way, I kept thinking he's going to like show up in the front yard again and everything's going to be fine. But I can't admit he's gone because then it won't happen. And it was so quickly after he passed the next day. I started hearing him talk to me and I was like, don't, don't do it. Nope. I will not. I'm not engaging. I'm not listening. You are here on this fucking planet in dog form. I'm not willing to see you as my angel or my guide. And he kept coming and he kept coming and he was fucking loud as Remy is. And when I spoke to Katie, it was like the floodgates opened and I was immediately channel open, reconnected in conversation with him. And I had multiple friends who are channels and mediums and having conversations with them. And every single one of them was saying the same things. None of them knew that they were doing that. Everyone was saying the same things and they were all telling me and acknowledging the things that Remy was talking to me about 
and the conversations that he and I were privately having inside of my body. And as soon as that conversation happened, I was like, okay, God, I'm still pissed at you, but like we can be in relationship again and in conversation. And that's when I started praying to Remy. I prayed to him. I was like, buddy, I need you. I miss you. I don't know what to do. Like, please guide me. And he was just so loud and playful and lighthearted, so carefree without a worry. Just like, it's okay, mama. I'm right here. Like, let's play. I felt him. I felt him laying next to me in bed. I felt him bumping his little nose on my face, like all these things that we did together. I felt him and I've never felt like that. When my mom and my grandmother come forward, I feel a hand on my back or I feel their presence on my right side and I hear them talking into my right ear. But like Remy was a full body feeling. I could like feel his body next to me. I don't know how else to explain it. And I kept having these visions of him with my mom and grandma. And I would be praying for guidance. And I kept hearing and seeing him be like, let me tell her, let me tell her. I want to help her. I want to help her. And he'd like run to me and give me the guidance. I haven't heard my mom or grandma in weeks. I only hear Remy now. And when I told friends about it, who were mediums when I told the pet intuitive about it. And she was like, Oh yeah, like that's what's happening. Like it's so clear. He is now your loudest, most excited guide. It's him. Like he's the one and they're there to help you, but they're really like holding the space for this relationship between you and him. And I started praying to him about how we were going to get through it. And we had started talking about getting another puppy and like, did we even want to do that? And we didn't want to replace him because he's irreplaceable. Like that's our boy. And so we had talked about getting a girl from the next litter that Remy's mom was having next year. And that was going to be her last ever litter. And we felt really strongly about having his sibling. And so we had talked to the family that we got Remy from to let them know, of course, and they were so upset and they loved him. And he, we had taken him out there to see them a lot. They had watched him for us. Like they were just so wonderful and we wanted them to know. And so Connor had gone out and had met this little guy and he was the last pick of the litter. And he sent me a video and he's like, how cute is this? And he was just happy to be around other dogs. And he got to see Remy's mom, which was so beautiful. And I was like, he's fine, whatever. Like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, well, cute dog. And he was still waiting for his new owners to come get him. They were driving from really far away. And so I kept praying to Remy and I said, please just guide us. Whatever you think, getting a new dog, whoever it's supposed to be, Wherever we're meant to live, because we just kept wanting to like move out of our house. We went and looked at new houses 
outside of Denver because we were like, everywhere we look reminds us of Remy and we can't live here. So we started looking at other houses. And I just kept hearing over and over and over. Don't worry, mama. I got it. I'm going to talk to Uncle Mike. I'm going to help you with the new puppy and I'm going to find you a house and it's going to be a house that I want to play at, but I'm going to find it. So you don't need to do any work. Don't worry about it. I've got this covered. Like he just kept repeating that. And I was like, at this point, I'm like, well, fuck it. Like I don't know anything anymore. Everything I prepare for doesn't even like exist. I have no control in this moment. And my puppy who has died is now talking to me slash yelling at me from the ethereal, telling me that he's going to handle all of my next big decisions. So you know what? I'm just going to listen. I'm like, okay, buddy, whatever you say, that was it. So I just let it go. Next morning, get an email from the family and they're like, Um, so the family who was taking this last puppy that Connor met when he was here backed out and they said that he wasn't good enough for them. And we were wondering if you wanted to have him. Connor and I are like, it's Remy's brother. I told Connor, I have been praying to Remy. He told me he was going to handle this. And now Four days after he's passed away, his brother is now not wanted, and I feel like he's hand-delivering us our new baby. Like, there's no question for me. The timing is so ridiculous. Like, this is what I have been talking to him about. So, of course, we brought him home. His name is Theo. He's fucking adorable. I love him so much. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. And it's really fucked up because... I wouldn't have Theo if Remy didn't die. But I miss Remy so much. It's hard to have Theo. I'm in this weird, like, headspace where I'm trying to understand this and be okay with it and love on this little nugget who just lays on me all day and is definitely a mama's boy who has a completely different personality than Remy, who acts totally different, who looks really different. Theo is really dark. Um, Remy had like a brown face. It's just like so many differences. And so I'm trying to just be like, Remy knew exactly what I and we needed. And that is a dog that can just love on us and help us heal. And he brought him so we could have that. Wow. And with that joy is the most painful, horrific, deep sadness that I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't even know you could be this sad. (laughs) I thought I knew after my mom died. I was really upset. It rocked my world. I felt like I crumbled I felt like that was my rock bottom. And then this happened and I'm like, that was like the appetizer to hell. That was me just getting my feet wet into death. It is so wild to me what has come forward out of Remy's passing. 
you know, everyone's asking how Connor and I are doing as a couple through this. And I will tell you something like Connor was unbelievable when my mom was dying and after she died. He handled everything. His patience was incredible. He was just such a champ. He just held me as I cried. There was no judgment. All the things. Like, just so amazing. I'm like, damn, I love this man. And this took us to such a depth of love and compassion and empathy and lack of judgment. I mean, there is nothing that we cannot get through after going through this. And when I think about who do I want to go through hard things with, that is my man. We had so many moments where we were like, I need to say this and it might sound bad, but here it is. Like, please don't judge me. And we both would just look at each other like there is no judgment. There is so much love here. We kept asking each other, what can I do for you? How can I help? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're so sad. And it was hard because it was like, we're both so sad, yet we're wanting to help one another. Like, what can I do for you? Can I make you food? Can we clean? We built a sauna the day after he died because we didn't know what else to do. And we were literally on all fours on the floor crying so much and crying in bed and holding each other and had like no will to live. And we had this sauna in the backyard that had been delivered a couple days before. And we were just like, oh, we're building the sauna. Like there's, we have to do something. We have to like use our hands. And we did that together. And like, we really just slowed things down to be with one another, to hold space for one another and to just love each other. And we have both been in really hard places, like very depressed. I mean, there's no sex happening in this house. And I would feel like that would be weird, I guess, if it did. Neither of us have a sex drive. and. We've asked each other, like, is this okay? Is this bad? Is something like bad? And it's like, no, nothing is wrong. Like, we just went through something so horrible and traumatic. This is the grieving. Like, I don't need to have sex with you for us to be in a good place. Like, we're in a good place together in our relationship because of the way we are so genuinely showing up in the pain and the sadness and holding each other in tears and in anger and in just being fucking pissed off. That's what this is right now. And so I'm so grateful to have him because I truly, I I can't imagine doing this alone, especially after just having lost my mom a couple months ago. So. I I talked earlier about asking for help and I'm so grateful. I know how to ask for help that I have people I can turn to. My sisterhood circle has been so important. That Tuesday night call the day after he died was the only light I had 
I'm like, hold on until the Tuesday night call. You will see the girls and you will know that everything is okay. Laura Holloway and Katie Calder and Megan Curry and Kelsey and Christine and I mean, Tiffany Louise, like all these women to hold for me, to just look at me and be like, we got you. That was my saving grace. And then getting on the phone with the therapist and talking to my friends who are super connected, talking to Vanessa Lambert, who just lost her puppy Penelope a couple months ago, right around the time I lost my mom. She's one of the first calls I made. I'm like, I don't know who else to call. I am a wreck. And we just talked and she just listened to us cry. And like all these people have been such angels. And asking for help is the best thing I ever did because I was acknowledged for the pain and sadness I was going through. And I wasn't brought into some spiritual bypassing stuff when that's not where I was. I'm like, I don't need any of you to do anything for me. I don't need you to tell me it's okay or tell me like there's a bigger plan and like Remy's soul contract with you. Like I'm not there. And they met me where I was without judgment and they just listened. They didn't say like, oh, but God, blah, blah. No, none of that. It was like they cried with me. They said, this is horrible. We're so sorry. And there's literally nothing else we can do. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't need you to do anything. Just like, look at me and see me. And so I'm just so grateful to have been able to talk to people in a non-judgmental way that felt so beautiful. And I, I named this show Death is an Illusion because that is what my therapist said to me. You know, it's funny. I started working with BetterHelp. This is not an ad, by the way. I just think that this is so interesting. I started working with BetterHelp and one of their therapists months ago. And it was a really cool partnership for the podcast. And I was really excited to share it with the listeners. I had no idea that this woman was going to be with me during the death of my mother and of Remy and be a foundational part of my life. Like this woman who is my therapist, is one of the most important people in my life, has been with me through two of the worst things that I hope will ever happen to me and for me. She is a profound teacher and I would not have found her without better help. It's just wild to me, like thinking back about this partnership and this woman that's so readily available and so accessible and isn't crazy expensive who I could just message and be like, my dog just died. I am a mess and a half and I need you. 
and be able to schedule. Like, thank God, because I was able to tell her all these things and all the difficult stuff and talk about not wanting to be alive and feeling like I lost a child and what's wrong with me and I can't stop crying and I have no will to live and nothing matters. And to be able to talk through it with her and have her provide some semblance of clarity and perspective. Thank fucking God for that partnership. Thank God. Thank God for therapy. Lord knows it has gotten me through all the things at this point. And she said to me at some point during our hour together, she goes, death is an illusion. And it was that same moment that I had with Katie Calder where I was like, oh my God, like shift. Tell me more. And we just talked about nothing dies and we are in these physical bodies, these meat suits, but that's not who we are. That my soul is talking to Remy's soul, not my body to his body. Those are the physical vehicles we use to learn and grow our souls in this human experience or puppy experience. But because he physically died doesn't mean his soul died. His soul is with me. I feel him. I'm talking to him. How else is that possible? And you could say like, you're making this shit up and like, it's bullshit and that's fine. I doubt you're saying that though. If if you listen to this podcast, I don't think you believe that. So (laughs) I'm just projecting onto all the people that don't listen to this. Um, Like he's here. So yes, it was horrific and tragic and so sad and could have been prevented, but like that was what happened. And he's still with me. And so when she said that, I was like, oh, right. Because my soul has done this before and will continue to do so when my physical body can no longer hold it and when it's time to move on. Just like Remy. Remy was a young soul. This was a test for him. This was coming into this world and feeling it out and feeling out our family and what the dynamic is and his role and our role. So that one day he comes back and gets to try again, just like our souls do. You learn that lesson. And then you come back and you do it again and you learn some other ones. And within relationship and the mirrors that we have with other people, dogs, plants, whatever it is, that is how you learn. You don't do it alone. So Remy got to learn lots of his little lessons and I got to learn my big lessons from this sweet little soul who just wanted to play. And have fun and be silly and be so loud. (laughs) And so I thought, yeah, death is an illusion. And I didn't 
get to that point and I couldn't get to that point before all of the other emotions that I had prior to gaining perspective. I had to be in utter darkness and pain and work through this this ego and this physical human experience and wrap my head around it in a way in order to then open back up to my truth and my guiding light. And that is that death is an illusion, that he is not gone, that he is with me right now as I am recording this, that he is speaking to me and showing me signs and working through Theo and guiding me in so many ways. We got new hardwood floors about a month ago. So when Remy was a baby, obviously he had accidents in the house. And so there was this spot that he loved right next to the rug in the living room. And he always peed there. Like every time it's like, you knew you're going to step in Remy pee. So that flooring was taken out and we got new flooring. And the other day I walk into the living room and where did Theo have his first poop accident in the house? In the exact same spot Remy peed, but it wasn't the same wood. So it's not like he smelled it and knew and then went potty there. And it happened right after I had been asking Remy for signs, like, show me you're here. The next day, having the worst day, couldn't stop crying, missing my dude, Connor's out hunting. I'm just with the dogs. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot. And I'm just praying to Remy. I'm looking at his picture we have by our front door. I have a picture of Dutch and a picture of Remy that our friend Madison did for us. And I, every day would like go up to the picture of Remy. I put my hand on it. I'm like, Hey buddy, good morning. I roll up the windows. I'm like, how are you? And so I'm having a hard day and I look up at this picture and I'm like, I need you to show me I'm here, like that you're here. Please like give me a sign, do something so that I know I'm like not going crazy. And I am sitting by the front window and Theo and Dutch are out front and I look and where is Theo Lane? He's laying in the one hole that Remy dug in the front yard. And I'm just like, okay, buddy, I'm going to stop doubting you now. <laughs> like, I get it. Okay. Like, I'm not going to keep asking you for signs because I know you're here. And I talk to him and I feel him and we're just in conversation. And I talked to the pet intuitive I've been telling you about. And if anyone is needing someone like that, this woman, like one of the best readings I've ever had in my life, no question. But I, so if you want her information, just send me a message. But I'm talking to her. And she's talking me through what happened in the accident and like, what Remy's body, like how he just like popped out his little soul was just like, and we're out. So he didn't experience pain and that he was like, I got it. 
shake it off. Everything's good. Like, let's go. And then like kind of didn't realize what had happened. And so he's now just like coming to terms with the fact that he's not physically here, but he knew and that he wants to be in conversation. And so everything she was saying was like, he doesn't want the communication to end. He loves that you're talking to him. He loves that he gets to talk to you and to help you. Like he's really excited to be your helper. Let him help you. So if you want to journal with him every day or just talk to him, like have your little Remy routine. He is going to be working through Theo. He knows what you need. He knows how heartbroken that both you and Connor are. And he's going to show up for you. And he's going to send you signs and hear some of the things to look for. And, you know, he's going to be helping you choose your house and he's going to be helping you make big decisions. And so much of what he came here for, though it was a short time, he knew it was going to be a short amount of time. And he came here to strengthen the foundation and deepen the love of the relationship that you and Connor have and the core soul family that you are. That was why he came here. And yeah, that breath, that is like relief because his life had to mean something more than seven and a half months with us. It had to, it had to, because his impact was so massive on everyone that I, I, had to like think that there was something else happening and that's what it is. Like he knew this, that he was going to be a force to be reckoned with, that he was going to come in fucking hot at 150% all of the time to teach us such massive lessons that we wouldn't otherwise learn because he was going to be so loud and so intense that we had to hear it, that we had to pay attention. And we did. And he transformed us individually and as a family. And so it gives me peace and freedom knowing I get to be in communication with him, that I don't have to hate God, that he wants me to play, that he wants me to play with Theo and to have fun, and to smile, and that this isn't what breaks me, because this isn't the last time that he and I are going to be together. And I got little Theo over here, and I'm nervous he's going to pee right beneath me. Come here, buddy. Sitting there looking at me. I know it's not the last time that I'm going to be with Remy. I know. And I know he's with me right now and in every moment. Making me stronger and more alive. A better partner, a better mom, a better leader. And I wanted to share this process so openly with you all because something that came to me as I was going through this was that people in my position 
whether we're podcasters or coaches or teachers, we don't necessarily tell you about the really hard or bad, quote unquote, bad things that are going on while we're in it. And as I was like smoking and drinking and like feeling suicidal, I just kept thinking, my people need to know this because this is what's true. And that I, I was able to make a choice for myself and I didn't just give in. And that's important to me that they know and that I'm not perfect and I don't pretend to be perfect and I don't have it all together. And yeah, I crumble sometimes and life feels too overwhelming and that that's okay because we're all human. And I'm proud of myself for making the choices that I have made over the last few days for showing up for myself, for my family, for grieving and allowing myself to grieve. And no, it's not perfect. But this is life. And allowing yourself to feel and be is the only way through. It's the only way through. Thank you guys for all of your kind wishes, your love, your support, the sweet things you said about Remy and all of the love for Theo. (sighs) We're going to be sad around here for a long time and we're also going to be full of so much joy. And that feels really real. I love you guys. Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift in the mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away. See you guys soon.